Your Van Seas Weekly, the home for info and insight on the Vancouver Canadians and all Toronto Blue Jays minor league prospects. Hosted by Greg Ballack and Charlie Kasky. It's time again for the Your Van Seas Weekly podcast. I'm Greg Ballack, and joining me as usual is Charlie Kasky over the phone from his deck with a beer, listening to the Vancouver Canadians play as we speak. How you doing, Charlie? Well, obviously, by the way, you just described it very, very well. <laughs> well I've had to move in off the front deck. Uh, I'm actually up at my parents' place in the Sunshine Coast. Oh, nice. and, uh, the front desk deck, I keep saying desk, deck has a view of the ocean, but there's people next door having a bit of a shindig, so I had to move to the back deck <laughs> to uh, to get away from the noise. Oh, wow. It sounds like Party Central where you're at. Uh, yeah, quiet little harbor with only four houses on it. One's <laughs> got to be having a party while I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> Well, if we hear some noise in the background, it's just Rob Fay with the call of the game tonight. And the, the Canadians are doing quite well. That's the second game of a five-game set against Salem-Kaiser. Uh, they won the first one on Sunday night, 5-3. to three, And uh, they're, they're having their way with Salem-Kaiser tonight. Yeah, it's been a it's been a ridiculous game. There's been something like six hit, hit uh, Canadians that have been hit. Um, Oof. One, two, three stolen bases. I mean, for the, for the Seas. But Miguel Castro, another another solid, solid outing, which if you take away that one inning that we discussed in the last podcast, mm-hmm. that one inning in Hillsborough where we sort of had that blow up, he's been he's been sensational so far. So yep. hopefully he can continue and hopefully I'll get better luck. <laughs> well, As the- to when I when I'm in the net and I can charm again. <laughs> I I keep missing all these guys and mm-hmm. I think next game hopefully I get to see Wazalusi, so it'll be the first time I'll see him. We, the starter for Salem Kaiser tonight didn't last very long. He was only one third of an inning. He gave up third, four runs. Four runs, uh, a walk, two hit. Did he hit two? Um, it's the list is so one, long. I don't. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one, he, hit, he hit two. two. He hit, yeah, so he, yeah, it was a bit of a gong show. <laughs> yeah, it for, sounds for like Nicholas uh, Gonzalez um, didn't last long at all. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Kirk Singer came in next, and he didn't he didn't fare much better. He mm-hmm. gave, well, he only gave it one earned run. It was uh, Jacob McCaslin who who loaded the bases on a, on three walks, and mm-hmm. I think he hit someone as well. And yeah. and then it hit cleared him. So, but Rob Fay uh, said that he's put in cruise control, so you know he's now jinxed it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Salem Kaiser could come back. Well, the start the starter Nicholas Gonzalez. It's a pretty average name. Unlike the the starter last night for Salem Kaiser, I like that one a bit better. It's uh, Jose Reyes was the starting pitcher for Salem Kaiser, making a guest appearance. He's been struggling with the Jays, so uh, down he comes, flies over to Vancouver. Yeah, he's uh, has a hard time throwing to first, but he seems to be pitching to home plate quite well. That's <laughs> ah, a low blow. Sorry, Jose. that is a low blow. <laughs> we all remember that the uh, Kansas City game. It was in his hands. Yeah. But uh, we should also mention that tonight's game at the Nat is sold out, as is the Canada Day game against Salem-Kaiser. Both sold out, the nooner tomorrow, uh, as of this time of the podcast here. Well, nooner tomorrow, and I mean, if I were uh, if I were people looking, I know it's my brother's birthday on Thursday, and he wants to go, but it is it's some diamond dig, diamond dig night um, where... Pitts female fans that are over 18 uh, years of age and older to come onto the field and search the Canadian's infield for a collection of diamond jewelry that includes a necklace, ring, and other items. What? Yeah, so that's Thursday. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, that, you know, people love free stuff. Wow. So there's a good chance that sells out. So if my brother wants to get his uh, his birthday night at the Nat, and he needs to book that up <laughs> sharpish. And then, uh, of course, Wednesday is the first of uh, the Super series, or Superstar Series, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. With uh, Steve Garvey, okay. so with the with the sun out, Garvey yeah. on Wednesday, and then Diamond Dig on Thursday, it could be a chance to uh, to sell out four in a row. That's interesting, though. On Thursday, diamonds in the diamond. Hmm. Diamonds in the diamond. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's I've a never good heard promo. Before, I think it's a it's a new promo this year. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm actually meant to be playing hockey at seven, but I might scream home and then scream up to the night just to watch the uh, the carnival. <laughs> Man, you play more hockey than I do. What's going I on? I know. It's, it's nuts. I play too much <laughs> hockey. And I play, I, I guess this summer I'm not playing in a, on a team. That's my problem. So you still have your team going. That's that's yeah. your problem. Plus I'm sparing for two others. Oh, so. my God. Goalies just never have a time off. No. Nope. <laughs> 
Okay, let's nope. uh, let's get down get down to business a little bit with the uh, Canadians, and it hasn't been that long since our last podcast, so nothing not not a lot has happened. But in that short time span, Ryan McBroom has managed to hit two more home runs. He's now up to three on the season. He's the only guy on the team that's hit a home run. Uh, he hit one last night in the five to three win. Yeah, he's he's been um he's been better. I mean, as we said previously, he only had eight last year for uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Well, I guess that's this year they finished in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he had twelve as a junior, so he can hit him, but it's not like he was a prodigious, you know, home run hitter in in college. Um, and I think the the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the, the interesting part is that he's hit two at home and. Yep. You know, the, we know that that is a difficult place to to hit him out. And speaking to one of the guys in the press box, so I missed his first one, but was there the next day, and he said it was an absolute no doubter to the left. It wow. was long gone. So good to see. But yeah, this the team as it as it's currently kind of composed is not built for uh, for home run hitting. So. Yeah. I mean, Why would think, you with the stadium, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Blue Jays think about that mm-hmm. when the, when they assign it. But That's true. you know, yeah, you're right. It's 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 kind of built around the stadium. It's it, it's built around speed. You know, you got Roman Fields leading the league in stolen bases. Bredo has six or something like that. So you know, one or one or two other guys is, is probably going to sneak one out of here. And you know, David Harris would have before yeah. he was promoted to Lansing, but. You know, we're looking at at McBroom as as the main power threat. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you, you're listening to the game right now. It looks like McBroom exited the game. Um, Sean Hurley came out for him. Was it mid at bat? No. Did something it, happen? It was, no, no, no. It was just the ten ten one or ten two okay. game or whatever it is. Uh, they've got a few guys in there now that uh, that haven't seen very many at bats okay. lately. So just a bit of a wholesale change. I think Calfus came in. Uh, yeah. Kim Garcia came in for Michael De La Cruz. Okay. Hurley for McBroom, so yeah. You had to do some shuffling around on the infield. Well, yeah, just just to get some guys, maybe. Like I like I said, our last podcast. I'm I'm really surprised that Calfus hasn't hasn't seen more playing time. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played well last year. He's got off to a bit of a tough start this year, but you know, he just has another rep. So just just getting some guys, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in a. In a good stretch right now, and they seem to be doing quite well leading up to one of the biggest weekends of the year. Obviously, the Canadians love their Canada Day, uh, so it's a good time to hit their stride, and McBroom definitely is hitting well. Barreto, your boy, <laughs> is uh, leading the team in on base with 423 coming into tonight, which is going to go up uh, with the night that he's had. So, you know, Barreto, you said it last podcast, he's really been as advertised since coming in. Well, yeah, I mean, we we have to remember, they actually, you know, they mentioned it on the uh, the broadcast tonight. He's the, he's only nineteen yeah. or whatever he is. You know, he's the youngest guy on the team. He's the youngest guy in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I checked, so he's eighteen. Yeah, he, uh, he turns he turns he doesn't turn nineteen until next February. So, you know, for someone that young to, to come into what is predominantly a, a college age league and face these these draft picks that are picked out of, you know, their juniors or their seniors in, in, mm-hmm. in college, 21, 22 years old, have all that seasoning, uh, you know, at major major U.S. colleges is, is quite not uh, – I'm not going to sit here and say it's spectacular, but it's, it's you know, considering some of the other top prospects in the lower levels that we expect to big things out, and they're, they're kind of scuffling the start. Maybe they were – they're at a level that – same thing. They're maybe a bit young for the level. They're mm-hmm. kind of trying to find their feet. The fact that he not only found his feet but hit the ground running yeah. is, is great to see. Um, you know, because well, we talked about it a bit. You know, on the last podcast, in the upper levels, there's been some really you know some nice pieces that have, have done very well. You yeah. know, Sanchez had a brilliant start tonight for Buffalo, which you know kind of went a bit sour over his last inning, inning and a half. But mm-hmm. you know, Danny Norris has been great. Dalton Pompey has been great. Um, but in the, in the lower levels, Lansing kind of some of those guys struggled. Obviously, we got two of the pitchers down from Lansing. Yeah. Um, you know, so to see see Barreto kind of kind of get off to such a great start and prove that he belongs in this league, and he probably he could probably move up to the Midwest League now. It's just the fact that the Blue Jays have kind of this linear line of short stuff, so they all want to keep at the same level. Um, it's going to keep him here, which is great for us. Yeah. Well, his first, you know, sixty-two at bats. He's twenty-one for sixty-two to start your Northwestern career like that. That's pretty, pretty good um, for a, a kid that's as young as you you mentioned. 
Yeah, not only that, but he's walking at 11.3%, yep. you know, so it, it's not just, you know, the hits. And, and he likes to swing. Don't get me wrong. Every yep. time I see him, he's up there hacking. But he has he has a general idea of the strike zone, which mm-hmm. for Latin American kids that are young, it, that often comes a bit later mm-hmm. just because they, they think that they're over here to hit. Yep. And, and that's what's going to get them, get them moved up. Yep. So it's great to see. And as you say, you know, his, his home base percentage is great. Like to see a bit more power out of him, although he's hit he's seven hit doubles. doubles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, and you know, they're not cheapies. So the, yeah. the few I've seen have all been ringing doubles. Yeah. Um, his batting average balls in play is up around four thirty, which you know that will equalize a bit. You know, and, and kind of drag back down. Towards but it means the he's hitting it hard at least, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've I've seen him enough to know now that you know. Last year, uh, it was funny. I wrote a couple times that Michael Reeves, the uh, the Ontarian catcher that came in. Um, you know, he got off to an, a, a torrid start. It was unbelievable. And his batting average of balls in play was up around 500. And you could say, you know, without any shadow of a doubt that his batting average is, was going to come down just because yeah. he w- he was finding holes. He was getting three hoppers through the infield that were just finding holes, whereas Barreto is is raking. Okay. So even though it, it's high and it, and it will inevitably come down, he he's squaring up the ball. And even outs he makes, like, I, like I've said previously, are, are hit hard and they're loud. So yeah, I, I love to watch him, and I love to watch him in the infield. Even though he's got however many years he's got, you know he's he he makes spectacular plays. And he he listened to the radio. He turned a very nice double play tonight. Well, I think I was watching the Yankees Red Sox game a few days ago, and they mentioned Derek Jeter's minor league stats, and he was up in I think I think they said he was close to fifty errors in his first season in the minors. So I, you know, I'm not saying you should compare yourself to Derek Jeter as a as a defender, but. You know, a guy who's uh, who was a very capable shortstop for most of his career came out of a guy who made f- close to 50 errors in his first year in the minors. So can't get too upset about Beretta's, Beretta's uh, growing pains a little bit. No, no. And I I wrote a very long-winded um, piece the other day for uh, um basically saying, you know, we need to be patient with some of these guys because with, with the amount of information and stuff that's out there on our, at our fingertips and Twitter and, on, and online, you know, just the story of, of Daniel Norris, you know, everybody, he was so highly regarded going into the draft, yeah. and then it was such a coup for the for the Jays to get him in the second round, get him signed yeah. away from Clemson. And then he he had a he had a bad first year and a half, but his peripherals weren't terrible. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, he figured it out. Well, a lot of people say, no, he figured it out, but his stuff was always there. His makeup was always there. He just, his mechanics weren't quite right. Yeah. And the Jays worked with him, and, and also now look at him. He's going to be a top yeah. 50 mid, <laughs> mid-season prospect with baseball perspective. And, and that's basically um, what development is, though. You get you draft well, guys with the potential like this, and they might struggle for yeah. a year and a bit, but you got to see that, like you said, the peripherals to, to turn into something. Well, exactly. And, and so we can't give up on, on guys like Matt Smorrell down in Bluefield, who he's gotten off to a decent start for them, but like Jake Brantz, who's repeating the GCL or... Some of these hitting prospects, like Rowdy Tellers, has gotten off to a really slow start down mm-hmm. in Bluefield. Um, you know, some of the guys, Mitch Ney has, has scuffled a bit up in Lansing. We we can't give up up on them. It's it's about adjusting and and, and adapting to the surroundings and and going from there. So, yeah, it's it it can be very frustrating at times. And when and when you have so much information, you know, and people saying so many things on Twitter, so many contradicting opinions, I can see why people kind of get swayed, but. You know, patients, they've, they've got a lot of high-end, high-end arms in their system. Mm-hmm. And athletes, I mean, I've got a, a regular Twitter correspondent, and we always groan on about DJ Davis, you know, 2012's <laughs> first-rounder, and how he's striking out, whatever it is, 35% of the time. Yeah. But he shows flashes of brilliance as well, and if they can ever harness that athleticism and just get him to recognize yeah. a goddamn curveball, <laughs> then, you know, they could have something on their hands, so... Mm-hmm. Some guys just take longer than others. It's back to life. Exactly, exactly. So, Now that you've seen Barreto a little bit, and looking at his stature, you know, people that don't have access to see him in action will look at his stat line and say, oh, he's, he's 5'9", 174, he's going to be a light-hitting righty shortstop. Is that You seem to expect a lot more power-wise from Franklin Barreto. Uh, he's, yeah, he's 5'9", whatever he is, 174, but he's built like a man. He He's jacked. To, to use a, a Langley term, um, <laughs> you know, he, he looks ripped. Um, you know, Dawa Lugo last year had kind of that young puppy fat sort of didn't look really in shape. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whereas, whereas Barreto looks, you know, everything's in the right spot proportionally. And every, every time he squares the ball up, and it, it, he usually squares it up, it sounds loud. And you just don't hear that at this level very often. Mm-hmm. You know, more often than not, you hear weak contact, you get the, you get the odd broken bat. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't hear that sound very often. But with him, you hear it more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he'll be a weak hitting shortstop at all. He's not going to be a, a you know, I'm, I'm never going to predict his MLB home run totals. You know, he's never going to be a big home run guy, but yeah. his current gap power will eventually turn into some home run power. Um, look at Jose Reyes. Doesn't look like a home run hitter, right. does he? And he, hit, he hits odd ones here and there. And even when you watch Reyes swing, it doesn't look like he puts any sort of hip rotation to it all, but he, he, he just generates enormous bat speed. and He's yeah. got extremely quick hands, which Barreto has as well. Okay. Um, so I, I think we can expect, you know, as I said, you know, McBroom's going to be the, the main power threat on this, on this team as far as home runs are concerned, but I can see Barreto knocking a few out, not maybe in the net, yeah. but you know, they got their first series away to Everett this week. And I yeah. think, the short porch and Everett's in right, but I've seen Bredo one hop the Nats right field wall uh, with a double, so he he can go to all fields. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a tough one to to judge when he's at the Nat so often. You can't really get a good power idea from a lot of these hitters just because it's such a hard park to hit it out, even for a big leaguer if they came down and tried to hit it out. Well, oh, yeah, Fred McGriff said last year when he was here on on assignment that you know he'd struggle to hit it out now. Other than that. <laughs> But well, yeah, now, I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, I'm sure oh. he would have been fine uh, when he was when he was the crime dog. But <laughs> yeah, like I, as I said, I saw Beretta one hop the right field right field wall, and I saw him one hop dead center for a double as well. So he's got pop. You know, he, he's going to leave some yards. It's it's just the nat plays so big, and and the ball just dies in the air. Um, but he'll he'll hit a few home runs this year. McFroom will. I'm trying to think. Hopefully, Boomer gets a hold of one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bredo, Bredo is the man. I, I hate to just <laughs> bang on about him, but he, he's he's a player, and and his bat's going to play. I think through 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 the system, and you know, who knows how long it'll take him. I think they're going to they're going to be quite patient mm-hmm. with him and, and Richard Arena below him in Bluefield, who's who's gotten off to a pretty good start. And then Yeltsin Gudino down in the GCL, and then of course Lugo and and Guerrero above them. You know they're going to try and keep all those guys apart over the next couple of years before, you know, they're forced to to figure out other positions for them. Come Double A, Triple A coming. And looking ahead for the seas and for the podcast, I guess we should say uh, should mention that you have an interview coming up uh, with Wazi. <laughs> Wazi, one of your favorites. Yep. Um, so well, I haven't seen Pitch. Hopefully, I get to see him this week. <laughs> we'll get to that interview a little bit later on. But uh, looking forward, uh, the after this home set five game series, uh, I guess with the teams that are a little further away, they do five game sets. Um, so yeah, the other division they do. Yeah. They do for the Southern Division. They changed it from the East to the West to the North and South. So yeah, Salem Kaiser now, which which will finish them off. They uh, of course they go through a, a great start against Salem Kaiser away, mm-hmm. the first series of the season. Won the first three, but then couldn't bury them. Lost, lost the next two, and then went on to lose the first two against Spokane at home, and then kind of were scuffling around 500. So hopefully, they, you know, it looks like they're going to win this game. They can go on win tomorrow, the big Canada Day game, and then and then kick on. Be the rare five game sweep, maybe to look forward to. <laughs> That'd be um, nice. But after this, on Friday, they head out to Spokane uh, for a three game set out there. Um, I am actually going to be going away on the Saturday to Edmonton. All my Edmonton fans listening can uh, line up to to meet me when I get there. I'll be uh, yeah, bring a few balls. Maybe you can sign them. <laughs> sign them at West Edmonton Mall. Maybe I'll meet you up there. <laughs> no. I'll be gone until the eleventh. So we're going to do a podcast hopefully on Friday um, while the game's going on, um, and we're going to try to have Ian Hunter of uh, Blue Jay Hunter uh, on the po- on the podcast that week because um, he just had an interesting interesting experience. He was a uh, Invited to uh, connect with the Jays night, um, which was an interesting new thing that they're doing. I guess they're inviting uh, different bloggers and, and people that are active on social media down. Uh, you got to meet Jesse Barfield and a few other guys. So it was a, a fun night it looked like to him. And uh, we'll have a few questions for him and let him just sort of uh, explain what went on and what the whole purpose of the event was because I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure he could shed some light on it. And also I have a question 
Um, it wasn't answered. He didn't have the answer to it then, so maybe he's he's got it since we asked him on Twitter. Um, but he got to hold. Apparently, Jesse Barfield has a, a home run ring um, from when he had the uh, the league lead in home runs. Uh, I believe it was eighty six or eighty seven. Uh, and on the side of the ring, it said forty six home runs. Um, but but it you, was wrong or something. It, I wasn't. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> if you look up on on his uh, baseball reference page right now, if you go to Jesse Barfield, uh, you'll notice he only hit 40 home runs to lead the league. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure why I said 46 on the ring, but uh, maybe we can get Ian to shed some light on, more light on that when he comes on the program. Excellent. Can't wait. Uh, what else do we do? We got on tap for today. We got some. We got one question from Twitter, uh, which is good. Get some feedback. Um, again, I'll, I'll give out our handles. He's at Charlie Kasky. Charlie, C-A-S-K-E-Y. I'm at Greg Ballock, S-T, B-A-L-L-O-C-H-S-T. And uh, if you want to email us, if you're listening on iTunes or if you don't have a Twitter account, uh, we're yourvancs at gmail.com, yourvancs at gmail.com. We'd love to have any questions you have just about the uh, Blue Jays in general or you know minor league, some prospects here in Vancouver that you're interested in. Uh, we'd love to field your questions and, and get to them on the next podcast. So send in your questions um, did you want to do Stewart's question now, Charlie, or should we wait? Well, no, let's do it now because we we've talked about it a bit. He's um he's asked us, you know, and he says it's early, which it is. But if you could have one, would it be Dantzler McBroom? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, LB Dantzler last year was fan he, I mean, he, he was a fan favorite. He was the Northwest League most valuable player. Um, I'm just going to uh, quickly pull up his stats here, so you can you can fill in for me. Um, but I mean, for me, it's tough to say so early, but I'm going to say Nick Broom just because he's hit two of the nap where Mm -hmm. LB Dantzler hit all his home runs on the road last year, which were six. I think if if I can remember off the top of my head and see if I got that right. No, nine. (laughs) A little off. Yeah, a little off. You've had a few drinks. We'll cut you some, cut you a break tonight, Charlie. True. I've had had a few. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to say Nick Broom. Um, okay. but yeah, like, like Stuart said, it, it's a bit early to say, um, but these are two guys that don't really have super high potential ceilings. Exactly. Well, no, they're, they're exactly what, um, you and so our first po- podcast, actually, they are Vancouver Canadians picks, you know, right. LB was a senior of the university of South Carolina. I think he was a third baseman his first couple of years, never really a power guy. Right. I mean, um, kind of came into his own in his junior season, had a big year in his senior year, moved to first base after you know the, the incumbent graduated. Um, same thing with Brian. LB was, I say, he was 14th rounder. Ryan's 15th rounder out of the University of West Virginia. Um, so, you know, same thing, you know, like he, I think McBroom had 12 his junior, eight home runs his senior season you know, kind of led led their teams respectively in, in those categories uh, in those years. Yeah, not high-ceiling guys, but guys that would thrive in this league and, and are going to help the Seas win games. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I don't know, I, I haven't chatted to McBroom um, so far this year. It was funny. Dantzler, whether he showered or not, I'm not sure. If he did, he was the quickest shower in the world. <laughs> Um, last season, and if he didn't, I just don't get that. I play hockey with guys that don't shower after a hockey game. It's just weird. It's gross. Yeah. If you you played nine innings of baseball, like (laughs) I'd want to have a shower. Yeah. But either way, I I can't say whether he did or not because every time we from the press box to you've got to wait about five or ten minutes before the game, or sorry, after the game, before you can go down and get your interviews Mm -hmm. in, I guess, so the coach can berate them or congratulate them however he sees fit and every time I wanted to talk to Dantzler we'd get down there and he was gone see you later <laughs> just a puff of smoke you know wildly coyote out the door yeah, that's fair. they so, must uh, just get under there for two seconds rinse off and split yeah so <laughs> I never I never actually got to talk to him the whole time he was here wow. obviously I, I wanted to given given the year he had and yeah. you know and the story he was so I'm gonna go McBroom for two reasons a, he's hit a couple out at the net, and B, hopefully I can actually talk to him. <laughs> that question came from Stuart Rogers, at Stuart Rogers. Thanks for sending that in. Um, so hopefully next week we get some questions. If you have questions for Ian, uh, the Blue Jay Hunter, he's he's at Blue Jay Hunter on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen him if, if you're a Blue Jays fan. 
Uh, he's quite active on there. So if you have questions for him and about his night, uh, we'd love to hear him. So send them in quickly as you can because they just come pouring in, Charlie. You just can't. <laughs> we, we, I can't sift through them quick enough. Uh, one interesting story that came out today that I kind of wanted to bring up, even though it's not specifically Canadians related, um, was the, did you hear about this leaked, uh, Astros internal trade talk story that came out? No. All hear? I hear about the Astros these days is Jose Altuve. <laughs> well, let me break it down for you. There was, um, they basically, the Astros have an internal, uh, website or, a, you know, a system where they, all the executives will, will upload notes when they talk to other executives around the league uh, and mention, you know, this person said that this person's available, this person said, you know, they'd be interested in acquiring this player, just so that they're all on the, on the same page, I guess. Um, okay. Instead of having to text everyone individually or email, um, it's this website they have set up, and apparently they've had it for a few years. But, I unfortunately... I call that the intranet. <laughs> uh. But now they have a specific... <laughs> I guess you can access it from anywhere. So it's it's hosted on the internet, which is which is where the problem comes in because of course anything that's on the internet is capable of being hacked. Of course. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. And the last ten months of trade talks that the Astros have been involved in uh was was released, I guess, leaked online. And uh this does affect the Blue Jays because as you know, Anthopolis loves kicking tires. Um so his yeah. his name comes up quite a bit in these uh in these leaked discussions. Uh, was he trying to trade for Jose Altuve? Uh, they never mention who they're actually looking for, um, but they always talk about you know, who's available on Toronto. Uh, and apparently, Anthopolis sees Laurie as the only untouchable on the roster, and was eventually going to part with Stroman and Ghosts in a package deal. Uh, I don't know for who, um, but, but I know Bud Norris was available. Uh, he ended up going to the Orioles. Um, okay. So the, the fact that they they would view. Lori as untouchable and not Strowman or Ghosts is uh, a little intriguing, I guess, for, for Blue Jays fans to find out. Well, I think some of that has to do with the maple boner mm-hmm. aspect of it as well. Um, and that's not a good know, thing if that if the ownership is having that much of a say. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, they've they've always said from day one that passport has no bearing whatsoever on who they draft, who they trade for, who they sign. Not exactly true. <laughs> um, not exactly true. I think they definitely used some of the later rounds of the draft to, to pick a Canadian here and there. Um, I think Laurie's such a conundrum wrapped in a hyperbole, in a whatever. I'm wrapped in a years. maple syrup bottle. Yeah, wrapped in a maple <laughs> syrup bottle, poured, poured with maple syrup. <laughs> um, he's got such potential to be such a great player, but... He just he just doesn't seem to want to break out just yet. I mean, he's he's been having a decent year mm-hmm. so far, um, and I, I could see why you know before Strowman's come up and shown that he can be starting the major leagues. And, and again, mm-hmm. it's a small sample size. You know, other right. teams are feverishly working away at, 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 at you know adapting to him as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. You know, the second or third time he goes through a, a, the same team, um, but you know, given the size, you know, maybe. The Blue Jays were willing to deal him, and obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Samardija in, in with the Cubs, and and they were asking for both Stroman and Sanchez. Right. And now we get talk of Sanchez, Norris, and someone like Pompey or Ney or a, a lower level, right. you know, a lower level bat. Well, that was the other name that actually came up in the leaked talks was Sanchez, and Anthopoulos was not having any discussion with Sanchez. So that's actually a relief to read that on paper. Yeah. It is, you know, but then you know we had that interview on the last last podcast with um with uh, Jason Parks and and you know they they've had eyes on him six times this year and, and mm. you know fair play his start tonight was very very good through four I, I want to say maybe even five um you know they've seen him six times and and they throw on you know kind of uh, I'm, I'm having a brain cramp which I always do every podcast. But I threw on a, like a Brandon Morrow, you know, someone that has got the stuff, but yeah. can never quite figure it out. He'll 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 throw it a game every now and then, which makes you absolutely salivate, and then back to mediocrity because he just can't locate his fastball. Right. So well, as long as it's not a Daniel Cabrera situation where he just absolutely can't find the zone, but he's got amazing oh, no. stuff. I mean, yeah, today he had he'd thrown something like forty five pitches through four innings. You know, it was ridiculous. He was yeah. just throwing bowling balls up there, and and you know, of those forty-five pitches, I think what twenty, thirty-one or something, thirty-two were strikes. 
Um, and everybody on Twitter was just absolutely buzzed. Like, this is it. He figured it out. <laughs> you know, he ran into a bit of trouble in the six and then kind of, it didn't fall apart, but he gave up a few runs. Um, yeah, you like to hear that. You like to hear he's untouchable, but I don't think, you know, I think Blue Jays fans are getting a bit ahead of themselves with Sanchez. You know, he had a great preseason uh, spring training, 13 shutout innings or whatever it was. Um, I don't think we can expect that. I, I hope he comes up near the end of the year, but I don't think it'll be the start. I think he may transition as the bullpen near the end of the year just to just to get him some innings and some experience. Mm-hmm. Now, when is... But, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, Hutchison and Stroman are both going to meet, need to be spelled out. So, you know, they they do have to come up with a plan as to who's going to who's going to make a spot start here and there. And given Liam Hendricks' last start in the in the, in the bigs, you know, it may very well be Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a guy sent down today. It was uh, Dirks. Um, what's his name? The guy from uh, from Buffalo. The guy with the two last names. <laughs> Austin, whatever. Oh, Austin, Austin Bivin Dirks. That send, guy, yeah. send back to New Hampshire, yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of shuffling, uh, like yeah. whatever his name is, Lidhames Riz as was up and down. Mm. Um, yeah, so Austin Bivin Dirks, he was he was relieving actually up in Buffalo. He's been sent down. Right. So and obviously Ricky Romero's out injured for. He did start a few it, games, I believe. Uh, did he? Yeah, he wasn't consistent uh, starting. He was just kind of spot starting. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, two weeks ago, we you, we would have been thrilled with with Buffalo's rotation. This was even before Sanchez went up there because Deck McGuire, when he when he first got called up from Double A, was throwing really well. He's been hit hard his last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Nolan got off to a great start. He, you know, went down with a groin injury, came back, got knocked around a bit. Was obviously not 100. percent He's gone back on the DL. Yeah. Um, you know, Hendricks was lights out for the first part of the season, came up to the Blue Jays, was okay, but was using every inch of the ballpark he was in. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not looking quite as as rosy down there where, you know, we've got three or four guys to call up in, in a pinch. Mm. I'm just trying to pull up uh, Buffalo's record here because they, uh, you're right, they have been struggling a little bit uh, in the last few weeks, so to speak. Uh, we've got they're forty two and forty, so they're around five hundred, eight games back in their in their north division there. Um, so it's it's pretty much what we expected, I guess, from from Buffalo. They weren't supposed to be lights out, but uh, hover around five hundred was kind of the way to go. Yeah, I was actually I was listening to Syracuse feed. I don't know how I got it. Saying he was kind of mocking the the Bison lineup, but oh. you know, when you think about it, when you got Ryan Goins in that lineup. <laughs> uh, and uh, hey, he's know, good enough to be on the Jays. You well, <laughs> that is debatable. <laughs> so well, Goins, uh, Diaz was playing second. Uh, who was the guy playing third? And everybody on everybody online was giving him shit because he'd, you know, three of Sanchez's hits should have mm-hmm. been field. Uh, De La Roche, I think it was. Um, so Dan Johnson at first is leading the international league in home runs, and then basically you got yep. Kratz and Pilar. Because Kenny, Kenny Wilson can hit a lick. He's been called back up from Double A after Pompey got called up to uh, to New Hampshire. Um, Glenn is up with a big team, and, and Ghost is up with a big team. So you know, it, it, it's a pretty light hitting team. Um, you know, and, and they've had a lot of moves. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Blue Jays have, have made enough moves this year. You know, <laughs> with guys going up and down. So uh, it was funny. They were he was yapping on about Cecil. You know, he's on MLB, uh, you know, he's making his, whatever his, uh, I'm having a cramp again. Um, <laughs> too much pressure getting, on these podcasts. Too much pressure on, on these podcasts, <laughs> too much beer. Um, you know, getting getting himself worked back in, and I think the second pitch was an absolute bomb <laughs> to left. So, uh, yeah. Well, they Welcome lost. back, Brett Cecil. They lost today against Syracuse, 5-4, extra innings. Well, uh, yeah, it was Cecil. They gave up the, the game time home run in the eighth or whatever it was, so. They lost um, yeah. to drop to forty-two and forty, uh, and the Chiefs are the Syracuse Chiefs, the ex Blue Jays farm team, are actually very good this year. They're That's the, going back a long time, isn't it? Yeah, well, 20, 2007, 2006 maybe was last year. That's not right, not right. that long ago. My Doesn't buddy, seem like uh, that long ago, but maybe it is. <laughs> my buddy Jeff Guile got picked up. A good Langley boy got picked up oh. by the uh, the Jays late in his career. And he played for Syracuse. The Sky back when they were the Sky Chiefs. The Sky Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> Then they changed to the Chiefs. I guess now they're just yeah, the Chiefs. Weird why they would give out the Sky Chiefs. 
Um, yeah, so Buffalo, I mean, New Hampshire sucks. They're, they're 10, 15 games under 500, aren't yeah. they? Um, um, Lansing. Lansing are just a couple games under. They were playing the Great Lake Loons today. I love the names in the Midwest Lake. They've <laughs> all got great names. Well, I love um, how the Phillies farm team changed their name from the Phillies to the Fight and Fills, the Red Yeah. <laughs> well, to, just to keep up with the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the Great Lake Loons and the uh, well, the Lug Nuts is a great name too. Yeah, I mean the alliteration is for free in the Midwest. Lake. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean they're thirty nine and forty two or something. Uh, you know the prospects we hoped were going to have big years are, are scuffling. So mm-hmm. Bluefield have gotten off to a terrible start. Um, so the seas and. I was going to say the GCL team, but they're not, they got off to a bad start as well. The GCL teams, I don't give a shit about this as long as some of those <laughs> prospects like. Well, they clinched, right? Sean Reed Foley. Oh, no, Dunedin clinched. That's right. But since yeah. since they clinched, they've been terrible. Yeah. Taylor Cole's been shut down. Dalton uh, Pompey's gone. He's been promoted. So. When is the prospects know. game, by the way? I don't know when that takes place. Uh, the Futures game is the All Star weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Day, day before the All Star game. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Usually they, they televise that on MLB.com. Yeah. Well, hopefully Sportsnet picks it up, just given the fact that, you know, two of the, the Jays' high-end prospects are Don't are be playing. too... Uh, don't, don't be your hopes too, up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, the fact that uh, Sportsnet and TSN were both airing the same game today at the same I time... I saw that on Twitter. What game was it? Uh, it was the Yankees. Uh, forget who they're... I don't Evil think they're still Empire. playing they're their playing, Red no, Sox. They were playing Tampa Bay. They lost... Oh, okay. uh, they lost no... I was just going to say OT. Oh my God, I've got the NHL draft. <laughs> they lost an extra. So that was a silver lining tonight. I think Baltimore won. So the the lead's down to one with Baltimore and two and a half with the Yankees or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, the Rays, yeah, the Rays beat them today. Yeah. And saved the Blue Jays' first place uh, lead a little bit for now. Eventually, they're going to have to start picking it back up because it's well, yeah. uh, dwindling as, they, as the days Greg, go by. They're going to have to actually start winning some games. And, yeah. Got Milwaukee coming again to town tomorrow for the Canada game, and Milwaukee are a good team, man. So, it's, mm. yeah, we need to get some of these injured guys back. You know, especially against left-handers, when you got Francisco and Lind and, and Rasmus on the bench, it's pretty. And obviously, Bautista and Laurie injured. It's a pretty mm. bad lineup. Um, so, need to get some of these guys back. Bautista apparently might DH tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, he um, pinch hit the other day. Pinch it the other day. Um, DH tomorrow. Um, Laurie's still a month away. That's such bad luck for him. Um, so well, maybe yeah. give him give him some time off. He can get into a groove once he comes back and get, gets healthy. Uh, I think it just sometimes it just catches up to him. I mean, all that energy that he has. I think he just. I think he's the type well, of guy no, you got, need to give him hit in the hand twice. Yeah. He's got to learn to get his hands yeah. on the fucking way. Excuse my language, <laughs> but still, he, I think he's one of those guys where you know he he probably benefit from a day off per week just because he when he is playing he's such a high energy guy and I don't know if he can keep that up for an entire season. You know he's he's getting the label of injury prone. It's even though it is you know bad luck getting pitched in the hand. Um, he's starting to you know he hasn't played a what's well, the most games he's played in a season? Jesus Christ, hundred and forty. Twenty three or twenty four, whatever it is. <laughs> Let him play. I'm forty. I would need a day off every now and then. <laughs> but you don't play the way Laurie plays. You need more days off. Twenty four. Um, what do we got here? He played 135 in Double A in Huntsville. Oh. Um, I'm looking at his, his minor league stats. Yeah, since he's come to the to the majors, he's yeah 125. In 2012, yeah. 107, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we so you like your starting third baseman deal. to play a little more than that. Yeah, or starting second baseman, depending on, on what kind of trade they make. And I, I think they will make a trade for a position player. Oh, they have to. If they yeah. don't, then that's uh, that's a failed job, I think, any way you look at it. Because if, you're, if you're in this position, you're halfway through the season and you're this close, you have to do something to make a run for it. And with this roster, you're going to need reinforcements. You yeah. know, there's no way you can keep it up for the whole year. Uh, at least with the, the the full lineup that they have right now, you yeah, can't even call no, it a full lineup. <laughs> well, I, and I like I like Anthopoulos. Is you know whether it's a smoke screen for the media, I don't know. But he's he said you know for the last month or so that he's looking more of a rental situation, which w- would cost a lot less as far as prospect capital they have to they have to give up because they've got some. You know, obviously I focus on the minor leagues quite a bit. They've got some really really nice pieces coming up, and it. it be a shame, personally, <laughs> for, for them yeah. to be dealt. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. You know, they're yeah. still in a great position. I mean, I, you know what? I'm absolutely thrilled. They're, they're leading the American League East. So I never would have thought, said that at the beginning of the season that we're mm-hmm. however many games into the season now, and 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 they're, they're still in first place. So, <laughs> Well, know. by Canada Day, how often have they been in first place by Canada Day? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and they had a they had a tough June. Let's hope they, uh, they have a decent July and then see where it goes from there. And the, the major league team takes priority, Charlie. I know it's uh, a little frustrating to see these prospects and watch them develop and then have them just leave. Um, but there's the good teams, that's how they do it. And, that, you know, they do keep some of the good ones. But, you know, you're going to see guys get dealt at the deadline if you want to make a run for it every year. No, 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 I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not one of these prospectors that just is so enamored with, with every prospect that, <laughs> you know, I want to see them all playing in double A together. I, you know, I, I, I'm a Blue Jays fan through and through. Mm-hmm. So if, if they have to deal them to, to improve this year's roster, I agree with that. I, I just, I, I, I don't want them to, to overreach and, and, mm-hmm. and deal too much for, for too little. And that's why I think people kind of, if you mention, you know, Stroman and Sanchez, or even, I think Stroman's off the table now because he's an integral part of the uh, the rotation. You could argue he was the best starter right now. <laughs> well, I think someone on Fangraphs <laughs> wrote an article saying just that, that since yeah. he's come back up as a starter, he has been their best starter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but even saying, say, Sanchez and Norris for Summer DJ, you're looking at a year and a half of service from the Shark versus 12 years of cheap service from those guys. Did you call him Samar Dija? I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. So let's just call it the shark. I don't care. Samarja, I think is. Whatever, uh, Samarja. Jesus Christ. Um, Sorry, Charlie. I had to, had to point yeah, that out. Um, it's a tough one. I can't spell it. Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, <laughs> the shark, the dickhead that plays for the Cubs. Um, so yeah, do you want a year and a half of him? Because he's already said he's, he's going to test the free agency. He's not going to sign him. So, you know, a year and a half versus 12 years, but with, you know, the sort of the aging curve of, of some of their, the Blue Jays better players, maybe now is the time to go for it. So that's well, why Alex Popolis gets paid and I do this podcast for free. <laughs> well, it's never Having a dull moment, at least. Advice. <laughs> at least it's never a dull moment with the Blue Jays, or the team, big league team or the farm team. There's always something going on. So, well, yeah. you know, especially this time of year, it's... Uh, it's a good time to be a baseball fan because there's lots of stuff going on, and even a hockey fan too. We got the draft and the free agency day tomorrow, so I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow because I got to go up to the nooner. Of course, they're having a nooner on on Canada Day. Uh, I'll have to pay attention to my phone and see who, who gets signed. But uh, you know, the got to be in Canada. You got to be a hockey and a baseball fan. You can't be one or the other. Well, <laughs> I think you're right. You can be both. If we can go off topic for a second, sure. you and I are both goalies. If the Canucks sign Ryan Miller, I seriously am going to pluck both my eyes out because that would be the stupidest move they could make. Now, now, he's he's not as bad of a gamble as people are making him out to be. But yeah. if they sign him, what's he going to want, five at six? So 30 million <laughs> bucks when they just got rid of the long goal? Well, that's what I tweeted today. If it's anything, you know, four is kind of my breaking point where I'm I'm okay with it, but it's not the best under four years and you're in business because he's only going to be, what, 37 by the end of that deal? And he's still an above average goaltender for the next two, three years. Yeah, but I think Eddie Lack's going to be an above average goalie mm-hmm. over the next three years as well. Anyway, so let's that we digress. <laughs> that could be debated, you're right. We digress. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that you're right. You're going to have to be at the C's game checking your phone. I'm sure your yes. girlfriend would be thrilled with that, whoever else you're going with. Yeah, oh, just a couple on, of her friends. Just let me check. Camilleri just signed. What? <laughs> no, oh, uh, <laughs> you, you tomorrow at the season. game. <laughs> I thought, what? You go can't get, sign now. It's you, only a uh, night before. You, you'll be the one putting your hand up. I'll right. go get the beers. Just yeah. to wait in the beer line and check your yeah. phone for yeah. 15 minutes. Hopefully there's a charge station somewhere like they have at the, the Rogers <laughs> Center. I don't think so. Not at the Nat. Not at the Nat. It might be a bit old. <laughs> but, they, but they've come up with the news. I was actually I was chatting to the uh, the the guys up in the press box. So they, I think it's done. It's, uh, they're going to start building the, you know, Day one after this season, they're going to add 750 seats down the left field line, and they're going to bring in that left field fence and sort of build oh, it up, nice. make it into sort of Vancouver's version of the Green Monster. So that should be oh, very wow. interesting. I don't know if I like the Green Monster idea, but I like bringing in the the fence. Well, yeah, they'll bring it in and, and build it up a bit. You know, who knows how far they'll bring it in, but hmm. it should be uh, it it should be interesting to see the plans when they when they come out. Are they going to improve the press box? That's my other. Uh... Oh Jesus! I hope so. <laughs> 
The Wi-Fi has been terrible again this yeah. season. Listen to me bitching. Fuck it. The pulled pork sandwich <laughs> has been terrible. <laughs> well, at least they have a press box. True. Yeah. But when I was down in, in Oregon, you know, the, it was, everything down there is new. And it, it's it's it, it, yeah. Not a ton of money was put into it, so everything sort of like corrugated sheet metal and yeah. and this, but they had a, a good idea with the press boxes in that the netting, like for at the net, the netting sort of goes from home plate goes to the bottom of the press box. Mm-hmm. So you can't open the window; it's all bullet bulletproof glass, right? Because it, it's uninstructed. Whereas in in Hillsborough, the netting kind of goes to the top of the. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. go to the top. It's, it but the press boxes aren't open to foul ball, so they can open the windows. You can actually yeah. hear what's going on, <laughs> which would be so much nicer yeah. than than having bulletproof glass in front of you. Well, that's like uh, when I did play-by-play back in Hamilton for the Thunderbirds inter-county league. There's not a lot of funding for those leagues, so the press boxes were pretty, uh, pretty bare bones. Um, but <laughs> but at least you could open the window and and hear the call of the, the or the sounds of the the crack of the bat. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to hear uh, like like we talked about Barreto, and they 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 came up with a rule that we're not allowed to actually stand on the roof. They didn't want fans seeing us standing on the roof, uh, you know. But I want to hear Barreto yeah. swing. I want to hear it off his back. Yeah. You know, you don't, as I said earlier, you don't hear that sound very often. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes. <laughs> but Minor league problems. Hashtag minor league problems. Hashtag minor league problems, exactly. <laughs> Not until you're you're up at the big club, then you get all the, the perks. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there any uh, other news and notes you wanted to get to about the, the Blue Jays and the, anything going on in the minor leagues that you noticed, that you picked up on? Well, I think we should we should mention last night. Well, even I mean, last night's start from Daniel Letts was very good, but obviously the night before, um, Hyra Laborte, who is one of the prospects I mentioned in my uh, piece from the other day, that mm-hmm. you know we need to be patient with. But at six four, I think they list him at two hundred five. I think he's heavier than two hundred five. He's probably more like two fifteen, two twenty. You know, left-handed can throw upper nineties. Um, you know, through six innings of of no hit ball. Mm-hmm. The other night, and you know the, the Jays, the C's almost almost completed. Actually, um, Andrew Case threw two innings of of one hit ball, and and that one hit was a fisted flare into shallow center field, which I saw when I was down in Hillsboro. Roman Fields make it an absolutely spectacular catch just mm-hmm. right behind second base. So, like Rob Face said on the. Uh, on the broadcast, if you you know if anyone's going to get it, it's uh, it's Fields, but unfortunately he couldn't make the catch, and uh, that was the only hit of the night for uh, for the Tri City Dust Devils. Hmm. Um, you know, Labort walked three. Um, you can expect that out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's never been a you know a high strike guy, low walk guy. He's right. always going to be sort of you know once it's. It's, I'll get it up here in a second, but it's, it's, if I was to make a guess, it's going to be about one and a half kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Case came in and threw very well, and then Barber came in and, and finished it off. So, you know, and, and thankfully so, season only scored one themselves. So whoever the, the Dust Devil star was, it was unlucky loser for sure. Helmus Rodriguez is his name, because he threw very well as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, that was fun to listen to. <laughs> Um, spoke to spoke to Rob Fay the next day, and he said it was the best performance he's seen. Obviously, at a labor, kind of was sitting ninety four, ninety five with his fastball, mm-hmm. very good off speed stuff. So, you know, this is another example of why you know why you can't give up on these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you know we can expect no hitters left, right, and center now, yeah. but you see the potential, and uh, you see what he can do. Um, so yeah, Laborte kind of he's got a 1.89 strikeout to walk ratio so far this year. His career is 1.76. He's always had high walk ratios. We you know obviously it was terrible in Lansing, but mm-hmm. he's never been a huge. Well, he's not bad. Kind of <laughs> career 8.1 strikeout yeah. per nine. How does but, the uh, Canadians' rotation pan out? Who's who's supposed to go tomorrow? Tomorrow, you know what? I saw. Who's after Castro? Probably will be actually Wazalewski. So I've totally screwed this up. Um, so, <laughs> well, it's good. It's a good segue into our interview coming up. <laughs> yeah, it is a good segue. There you go. So we'll segue by saying that I am going to miss Wazalewski again. Um, and I will he, have the pitching report, scouting you report. Can, you can take you can take my charts and chart them for me. 
Um, I'll bring my radar gun with me as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hang on a second. If, if I got this completely wrong in my head, which is not, you know, not not uncommon, not not that surprising. <laughs> Um, so he went the 16th to 21st, 26th. So yeah, he'll go tomorrow. God damn it. Which means <laughs> I get to see Starlin Serial on Wednesday, which will be about the fourth time I've seen Starlin Serial. You're supposed to go to every game, Charlie. Come on. Well, I know. I know. I've had, I've had a bit of bad luck. Ditch um, this hockey stuff. Ditch the hockey. Well, hockey's over soon. Um, trips up to my parents' cabin will be more timed with road trips going forward. Um, this is obviously Canada Day weekend sort of thing. Um, so yeah, Wazalewski goes tomorrow, which segs. Before we seg into the interview, um, I just want to mention Chase Millard. I got a tweet that he's been called up from Bluefield. Um, so he's yeah. a 14th rounder for this year. Yeah. Uh, the University of Alabama um, was down in was down in Bluefield for two games. Uh, one game started, one game finished. So I guess they were. Uh, they piggybacked him for a couple of games. Uh, seven inning pitch, only gave it one hit. Of course, that one hit was a home run. Um, two run shot because he'd hit the guy in front of him. <laughs> um, but those were the only two base runners he was allowed um, in the 24, 24 hitters he faced down there. Mm. So, not bad, but, you know, he's in Bluefield. He's 22. He's a college senior. So, I mean, the Northwest League is more sort of in line with his, his age. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, you know, whether that means Toronto is kind of long, more longer-term injury than we than we expected. Hold you your know. breath, I guess. Yeah, well, we talked about it a bit last week when I, I thought it was more mental than than dead arm, which is what they haven't they haven't given anything official. I sort of had to dig um, <laughs> to get that. Um, you good so reporter, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as as we say, yeah. So, how many games have you seen now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we get to the bottom of stuff, and that's why people listen. Exactly, we dig a bit deeper. <laughs> um, so, whether Millard's coming up to sort of take Toronto's spot in the rotation, and then Lietz and 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 uh, who who piggyback with Lietz last night? Give me a second here, because I'm mm-hmm. having another. Uh, I can find it in a second if you can. Minor league uh, brain cramp. Mm-hmm. Um. In the five three win over Salem Kaiser, it was Lietz and Justin Schaefer. Yeah, Schaefer's pitched pretty yeah. well as well. Apparently, John Snyder really likes how he throws as well. So, it'll be curious to see what they do with those three because both those guys have pitched well in in the piggyback in the two piggyback stars that they've had. Um, Chase Millard is. I'd have to do more research on him to see what he did in college, but you know, if whether he's coming up to start as well or to mm-hmm. kind of slot in as a as a long man. But yeah, it should be Wazalewski tomorrow, um, which, as we were saying, should segue into uh, to what we're going to say about him. And yeah, what did you talk wanted, about? What did you talk well, about? Well, the reason Wazul- I wanted to interview him is, is A, because I hadn't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> but B, he, he's thrown, he, you know, he, he had, um, it was interesting, he, he had Tommy John in his junior year of high school. So I guess it was the oh. fall of his junior year, which meant you know, he could come back and pitch his senior year because, you know, senior baseball in high school starts, you know, kind of springish and goes to the end of school, two-month season or whatever. Um, So I just want to chat to him about, you know, obviously with the, you know, the the proclivity of of Tommy John right now in the minor leagues and specifically Mm -hmm. with the, in the Jays system, I wanted to get a feel of of what he did for recovery and... Well, having it so young, too. Well, yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, what, how he motivated himself to be, you know, obviously he was motivating himself. He thought he'd get drafted. Um, he had a pretty strong commitment to, um, to university, but, um, I think it was South Carolina actually, who were the South Carolina Gamecocks, who were the two time national champions at the time. But then when I chatted to him, you know, I think he, he made it pretty clear that leading up to the draft, you know, even though he had that commitment, he was he was pretty sure he was going to go pro. No matter they thought he was going to be top ten. He went 14th round, I think it was. So 100k slot bonus, and I think he signed at slot. So you know he was he was pretty sure he was going to go pro, no matter what. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to talk to him because if you look at his his stats this season, everything sort of has gone down. Um, or sorry, gone has gotten better. Um, for you know both rate stats and 
and counting his, perf- his peripheral stats. Yeah. His his FIP has as is not as good as last year, but you look at his his left on base percentage, his his walk his walk rate. But the one thing that has gone down, which you might expect to go up, um, is his, his strikeout rate. So I, I want to chat to him a bit about that, and, mm-hmm. and you'll hear what he has to say. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's take a listen then. It's, yeah, uh, it's uh, Charlie with the big, well, six foot one lefty, Zach Wazalewski of the Vancouver Canadians. Right, I'm here at the yard with Zachary Wasilewski, pitcher for the Vancouver Canadians. Zachary, how you doing? Doing good. Forgot to mention, this is your event, Seas Weekly. Um, I want to ask you, obviously, first off, with the raft of Tommy John surgeries, both majors, minors, and in the Blue Jays organization, you seem to have got yours out of the way early, having it in your junior year of, of yeah, high school. junior year, yeah. Now, that was, I read it was fall of junior, so you were able to come back and pitch your senior season? Yeah, I got to pitch my senior season. Uh, it was... Like, it was great to be able for it to happen at that time, you know, to get back and be able to throw my senior year. It was good. What um, what did you find the rehab like? What um, this is going to be a difficult question for me, not knowing anything that goes with it. What did, when you came back? How long did it take before you felt a hundred percent ready to go again? Um, I would say probably in the GCL. Actually, I felt like I was starting by the end of that. I felt like I was starting to get it and getting my arms stronger and stuff. Which I went to therapy at uh, Williams Physical Therapy in Galax, Virginia, which was like an hour and a half drive, so that's pretty far, but um, I think it was worth it. Got a lot of good rehab there. Um, I think just to bounce back, too, that was the toughest thing to see, you know, is it going to hold or if it's not. Right. It seemed it feels great, so. And since you've gone through it, and I mean, GCL, so we're talking almost two years, two and a half yeah. years after the yeah, surgery. That, about a year and a half, I yeah. think, year and a half to two years. Have you been able to give any, like you played with Clinton last year, I, I'm guessing he's already undergone it. You're with Tom. I've heard rumors that he's going to have to go through it. You know, obviously R- Roberto was down there in, in spring training. Were you able to give them any advice, or are they kind of focused on their own programs? Um, and I mean, them guys are pretty positive-minded, but I just tell them, you know, just stay, stay within yourself and work hard and um, just stay positive. You know, just do the rehab, and you'll come back strong as ever. Yeah. Um, now, out of high school, you threw sort of, like, I think they had you clocked at some of the, at the showcases at 90, 91. Yeah. Since you've come back, as I, as I mentioned off-air, I haven't seen you pitch. What, what's your repertoire now? Are you about the same fastball? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm about 88 to 91 usually in that range. But I, I'm throwing a two-seamer now. That's what, I try just getting a lot of ground balls and let, you know, just let my team get outs for me usually, so... That's what another thing we can segue into that. <laughs> um, so what what was different? Like uh, I mean, if in high school you're throwing ninety ninety one or upper eighties, you're probably more of a power pitcher. Whereas you come to the pros, you're not blowing that by a lot of guys. You know, some you probably are. So what did what did you have to work on both stuff wise and and what did the Jays have you work on mechanically when you when you initially showed up and carrying through your your pro career so far well i mean uh i would say just keeping the ball down is like the biggest thing you know you're not gonna blow up by many guys throwing that hard and um staying low in the zone commanding your like your change up and uh off speed is crucial i feel like you know if you can get that over got three pitches working you, you can do pretty well at any level um and i would say Mechanically, I mean, I had a lot, lot to work on. It was pretty rough. I mean, I would just sling it, kind of, I guess you would say, and um, just, just being more smooth, I would say, would be the biggest thing for me. I was, I would pull my head and stuff, and keeping my head still, and um, I feel like that that helped me a lot. Just, just keeping my head, head still, and. Now that, that's probably an ongoing process throughout the season, but yeah. I know you were in Strucks after last year. Did, did they have you work on certain things in Instructs to to take into this season, which then kind of you just you work on every time out? Yeah, well, uh, I would say like we do um, where the pitcher would get in front. That helped me work over the ball a lot, um, and just I would say just focusing a little bit more than the one I did. Um, <laughs> lost the <her> words. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's 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 good stuff. I mean, uh, it, the reason I ask is because obviously with you know guys in the system like say Dan Norris that yeah. mechanically was out of whack and now he seems to have found himself. I'm I'm really curious about guys coming out of high school that 
as you say, could sling it, like say Matt yeah, Smorrow yeah. or Jake Brents, oh, yeah. that you know have, you know that it's mechanically now that they have to get in and repeat their oh, yeah. delivery and, and then just I think throwing every day too is you know like in high school you know out there like once a week and now you're throwing you're on that five day routine just get in a routine and just stand with it because if you don't find a routine you're not gonna probably be here long so, <laughs> I mean that's a big big key and speaking of routine um Having had Tommy John, I'm curious, are you on the weighted ball program or, or are you not able to be on it because you had the surgery kind um, of thing? No, nah, I just I just didn't really – I mean, I, ain't gonna say, I think it works. It works for certain guys, but I just – I don't know. I didn't really like it. Right, okay. Yeah, I, try, I tried it. I just – it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, this year, so your third pro season, the stats are trending in the right way pretty much across the board. You know, your your hits are down, your walks are down. The only thing that is is down that you maybe we'd expect to be up is your strikeouts. Is that just going back to pitching more to contact? Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I'm pitching more to contact. Uh, for me, I'm trying just to get people out in three pitches. Like, that's my goal, keep my pitch count down and go later into the game. Last year, I mean, I got more strikeouts, but I was, you know, I wasn't pitching to contact as much as I am now. I, was, I wasn't as aggressive staying in the zone. I feel a lot better about that this year. And now it's another question. Yeah, you've every outing you've had for the sea so far has been five plus. Whereas last year, I think you only had two that were two. I think. Yeah. So, it, have they upped your pitch count? A and B. Obviously, it's it's just going back to pitching to contact and yeah. getting ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my pitch count is eighty eighty five now. So. Right. But that just moved up uh, last week, so okay, I should be able to go deeper in the games. And I think just pitching the contacts helped me a whole lot. And, just letting them hit it and let your team play behind you and do well. And your progression so far has been pretty linear, like GCL, Bluefield, mm-hmm. Vancouver. What What are your goals for the rest of the season? Are you just focused on, on playing here and, and see what happens happens, or have they given you sort of a program? Well, I mean, my, my goal is always to move up. I mean, yeah. I'd like to finish the year in Lansing. That would be my goal. But yeah. but I um, just want to keep pitching well, and I think it'll do, do itself. Uh, one last question. I'm, I'm curious. You had a, a, a commitment to University of South Carolina, which is a pretty prestigious program. Drafted, you know, it looked like you may have been top ten. Went the 14th. Yeah. I think you signed at slot. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me either. But um, what, were you kind of when you got drafted? Were you leaning towards going pro right from the off, or was it a tough decision and it took took a while? Well, I mean, it was a it was a really tough decision. I'd say until drafting, I kind of knew that I won the play pro ball, and due to the injuries too, I knew you know what if it would happen again, I wouldn't get that opportunity. Uh, I just think it was the right right time and fit for me. Right, and you still get scholarship, don't you, through minor league yeah. if you want to go yeah, back to school? So yeah, I can go back to school for four years. So yeah, it's always great. <laughs> okay, I'm see. Uh... That's pretty much everything. Thanks for your time, Zach. I really appreciate it. I appreciate everything. Cheers. And there you go. That was Charlie Kasky with Zach Wazalewski of the Vancouver Canadians, the pitcher. And uh, that pretty much is going to do it for the episode today. We only have one interview to get to, unlike the other episodes where you've had many, (laughs) almost too many, I think. Hour 40, I think, per episode was uh, what we were averaging. So we're keeping it shorter this time for our listeners. Well, yeah, I just wanted to mention very quickly oh, yeah. a couple of things. It was, it was funny. Uh, I'd forgotten in the interview that uh, Wazalewski, when he played for Bluefield last year, was only 15 minutes from his house, so he'd obviously he'd go home. and <laughs> he, he, he said he, he still stayed in the dorms, but he would go home to his folks like three or four nights a week. It's home all. cooking. I, I thought he would just live there, but if I can, uh, if I can call her McBroom at some point this season, I'll ask him if, he had, if he'd been sent to Bluefield, which he never would have been, obviously, being mm. 22 and a college senior, how close the Appalachian League would have been to him. <laughs> um, and just as a note, as as we leave here, I just cranked it up, and uh, the Seas have just finished off Salem Kaiser. Uh, I think the final score is 10-2. I couldn't quite hear it. I'll find yeah. it on the website here. Yeah, but the website's always a little bit behind, so you always have to wait. Yeah, it says 10-2 uh, in the ninth. So it's, in the ninth, yeah, yeah so... Moves the moves the seas to eleven and seven. So yeah, I think uh, Spokane lost tonight. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah. uh, and then obviously, like you mentioned before, uh, once they're done with this Salem Kaiser series, they're down in Spokane, which yeah. will be a huge series. Yeah, they can and either pull away or make it a lot closer. 
Well, yeah, and then off to Everett for, for I think that'll be the first three games with the with Aqua Sox, who are their perennial rivals the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So, interesting week coming up. Uh, you you enjoy your Canada Day game tomorrow, beers. If if I can't be in Rogers Center for Canada Day, the next best place is not Bailey Stadium. Exactly. <laughs> NHL free agency, and uh, and you get to see Wazi start, whereas yeah. I get to see Sterling Surreal again. I think it's a bad thing. It's not bad. <laughs> was it maybe we'll You're still watching of, baseball at the yeah, end of the I'm day. I'm still watching baseball, but we'll touch on <laughs> it. was funny. A couple of years ago when I first started going, every time I went, and, and then as I first started watching the blog, or started watching, writing the blog, um, every time I showed up, I saw Ben White pitch. <laughs> and Ben White, he was fine. To, you know, was, like you said, I was still watching baseball. I was still eating spits and yeah. and maybe having the odd alcohol pop. <laughs> But Ben White, he's done a lot better than I ever thought. Being a consistent starter in Lansing last year and then pitching to me this year, but he might top out a double A. <laughs> you know, I never got to see Sanchez. I never got to see Nicolino. I got to see Ben freaking White every time. <laughs> so I hope that this season's not the same. Sterling Serial is a nice pitcher. He's actually had a very nice year so far. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's he's 5'11 <laughs> or whatever. He throws kind of 88, 89. He's He's not that exciting. <laughs> but you're, hey, right. you're not always going to have the greatest pitching matchup. Whatever baseball game you go see, it's it's always, you know, you can be surprised with some of the matchups you see. It's it's a little like life. You just kind of have to play the cards you're dealt, Charlie, when you when you go to a ball game. Well, there you go. Yeah. On that on that piece <laughs> of advice right there. Well, I was going to say my my first ever life, game life advice. First ever game I went to when I was a kid. Uh, in Toronto was uh, Roy Halladay versus Randy Johnson. I think it's all been downhill since I went to that game. <laughs> so you're not always going to see the, the stellar matchup every single time you go to the ballpark. But you can still have a good time, right, Charlie? Exactly. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, no. Next time they come back, I'm making sure I see Castro on the board. <laughs> or you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now it's official on the website. So the, the Canadians have won 10-2 to and are 11-7 and on the season. So... It'll be an exciting week, and we'll hopefully get to another podcast before the week is up and recap it all with Ian Hunter of Blue Jay Hunter. Again, get your questions in. Uh, if you have anything for him, uh, sees at gmail.com. Thanks for downloading on SoundCloud if you're a SoundCloud listener or uh, follow us on Twitter. And uh, even bigger thank you if you're uh, listening on iTunes because uh, it's a bit of a new venture for Charlie and I. We haven't ever been on iTunes before, so it's an exciting thing. Um, yep. Any final thoughts, Charlie? Nope. As I said, enjoy the <laughs> enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the sun, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, we'll uh, start my weekend, and I can finally uh, crack open a beer for this Canada Day weekend. So I hope everyone listening enjoys their Canada Day weekend, even if you're not in Canada. Um, I guess it's not really a weekend anymore, but enjoy your your day off if you have one, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Um, and, I, and I can say this before we sign off, yeah. because I'm not driving tonight. If you're drinking tomorrow, stay safe. That is the biggest thing of all. So plan ahead and uh, either drink at home on your deck if you have one or uh, <laughs> go to a bar within walking distance. Because uh, or, or walk to the gnat. Or walk to the gnat. It's a nooner, so uh, save a little for the nighttime once you're you're safe at home and you can... Uh, Really enjoy your Canada Day and watch some fireworks. So. Oh man, I'm looking on Twitter right now. The seas have got like a new helmet golf cart. Yes, awesome. <laughs> I noticed that as well. They call it the Seas Mobile. I think that is uh, fantastic. To cart okay. the pitcher from the the bullpen to the dugout. Uh, well, uh, unbelievable. Well, we'll talk next time and uh, crack open that beer, buddy. Yes, have a good one and uh, thanks to everybody listening. And uh, yeah, see you next time for the Your Van Seas Weekly Podcast.